Blog Talk Radio. And I thought it with Jazzy Sterling Powell and your host, Sunny on Loudmouth Radio. Today is March 22nd, 2019, and it is a fantastic Friday. We are actually doing our live show from the beautiful Tampa Bay Market. And today is a Freedom Friday conversation, and we hope that you're ready and willing to join us. Give us a call at 347-826-7520. Our studio lines are open. And as always, I think it's only fitting I bring my beautiful co-hosts in, Sterling and Jazzy. Good morning. Fantastic Friday. Okay. Okay. I'm here. How are you guys? Good. 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 Let me tell you, I'm so excited, but I also feel a little bit fearful because my producer just looked at me when I coughed in the studio. I'm just saying, what 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 kind of working conditions is this really? <laughs> Wait, Sterling, we can't hear you. Hold on. Hold on. We're getting our studio stuff set up here, so... Uh, when we're off site, we have to reconnect and get it all done properly. So hold on, so we we can't miss what the wizard is saying. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, I want to say happy Friday to everyone, and it is absolutely gorgeous here in uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. Um, this is also one of our bases, so we're actually. Um, out of Georgia, Florida, the St. Pete, Tampa Bay area, and as well as in Hawaii. Those are our three central stations, but we're all over because we are digital, so we don't get to operate the same way as the brick-and-mortar stations. We're digital, so we get to go all around the world. So we're super excited to be here in St. Pete. As always. As always. <laughs> and look, this yeah. morning is a fantastic Friday. I think it's a nice, cool seventy degrees. I don't know. I think it's somewhere in that. But it's beautiful outside. The sun is shining, and like you say, Jazzy, we we actually have the virtuality of being able to be mobile and uh, have opportunities to do things like this, like we are today. And it's so good to be with Sterling. 
darling, I was taking a picture with Elizabeth Taylor. Please do not bother me. Oh I can't help it. I was like, I'm like for real. <laughs> I should be back in with you guys. Am I here? You are. You are. Yay! Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So we're. I love it when we try new technology and it doesn't work. <laughs> but but who was it that said don't don't do it? Hey, I know. And, but you know you're correct because I do see I do hear our echo. I do hear our echo. Sometimes it ain't too bad. Okay, I actually think it's sunny at night because I think I'm too close to you. I think we're Man, doing fine. You sound fine to me. To you, girl. <laughs> okay. I just had that moment in a close to you, girl, kind of moment. <laughs> but we do want to tell everybody we are there. I want you to know that Sunny and Jazzy are here because tomorrow we will be at the Renaissance Festival in Mosey in Tampa. And uh, we've got tickets, so if anybody wants to call in, or, and the that number is. Three four seven eight two six seven five two zero. We have four tickets to give away today to join us at the festival live, and we will be doing interviews and probably stuff for the following show. I don't know, or we're just gonna, or we're just gonna enjoy ourselves and eat turkey legs. Exactly. I agree. I can't wait to have a turkey leg. It's been a minute since we had the turkey legs. And they, I guess they smoke them in these big pits. Because when I tell y'all these turkey legs are so huge, I'm like, are they really turkey or these ostrich legs? They kind of, they are huge. <laughs> well, we, we're going to take some selfies with those turkey legs. And you see what I'm talking about. I know y'all think I'm being facetious. We will have pictures of us with the turkey legs because... Uh, they are huge. That, that's that's my favorite part. I mean, I know we go on and on about it, but until you and let until you go experience it, you don't know what we're talking about. And then and I also want to know that the Renaissance Festival has added an extra weekend, April the sixth. They're doing eggs and cakes uh, for uh, the Easter holidays. So eggs and cakes. We'll have information on uh, definitely my uh, Facebook Sterling Powell and on Loud Mouth Radio Network Facebook and the, the, the station. Well, I'll get the uh, the advertisement and we'll make sure that goes up. That we you still have this weekend, Saturday, tomorrow, and Sunday for the Renaissance Festival. And next week is the special weekend where they have Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then it ends on March 31st for this year. So two more weekends. Us. That's all we got. Two more weekends. And we've got tickets. So get a hold of us. Get on. I'm happy to. We are, we're always happy. We to give tickets away. So today, we, I know we're going to be out a little bit. We'll make sure we got some tickets in hand. So I want to um, ask Sterling. Now, Sterling, if you guys do not know, is a fabulous artist. And we had an opportunity to see some fantastic oh photos so, and pieces yes. that he's yes. had. And so, Sterling, I got to ask, what is your favorite piece? And I know this is probably hard for you to say, maybe, maybe not. But what is your favorite piece that you created? 
painting. That I created. It's an early. Yeah. It's still the early. I mean, an early painting that I did, and it's the the, the Harlequin, which is a, it it hangs in my home still. It's called uh, the Weeping Harlequin. It was actually a a, a painting that I did uh, in the about oh I think on the. 1993 or 91, in the middle of uh, kind of a crisis in the, in, you know, in our community, the AIDS crisis, and the Weeping Harlequin was uh, my response to that. It's been around the country. It has been in numerous exhibitions for uh, AIDS awareness, and um, I would say that's probably my favorite that I created, and it's actually a, a portrait, if you per se, of uh, my partner at that time, um, and it's my rendition of him. And then um, beyond that, I've got pictures of my home, you know, uh, in Ohio. I Like you said, it's hard for me to pick, because when I'm working on the piece, that's probably my favorite. I thought you were going to ask what my favorite painting all time is, and that's that's pretty. Well, my next question was gonna—I was gonna ask you who's your favorite artist, but I think I already know. But I would like for audience to know. Well, it's—it's. It's, I, I have two. Actually, I don't. I actually have three, and the funny thing is, they're all Spanish artists. Is that I like Dolly, obviously Dolly, because I live here in St. Petersburg. I also like uh, Picasso, and then I like Juan Moreau. And Juan Moreau is the artist that actually got me. Uh, wanting, I saw a photograph of Juan Moreau, probably 90-ish or late 80s. He was in his late 80s, 90s. Okay. And the picture appeared in Architectural Digest, which I always looked at uh, in my school library. And that's how old Architectural Digest is. It's been in publication a long time. And Juan Moreau was sitting in his studio surrounded by canvases at that age and I basically said to myself that's what I want to do. I love it. So he so I would say that he's my favorite artist with with Dolly and Picasso. I found them through Juan Moreau. Because they were all contemporaries. Nice. Well, well I tell you what, if you guys could see his collection and I, when I say collection I don't mean just of other artists. I do also mean um Sterling's work itself. And remember Sterling, we came down and went with you to one of your art shows um downtown and his work is amazing. The piece that you said is your favorite, you know it's my favorite. I'm just saying I've been trying to get into the wheel so that, you know, like in ninety more years when Sterling passes away that that will be real to me. But um, I think I'm in line with Lance and several other people. I don't know whether I will. I would. I would love for it to go. That a museum would actually ask me for it. But here in St. Peter, in Columbia, uh, where that I would be able to put put it in a museum. But if not, it would well, what probably. If just, what if I just open up the Jazzy Museum and have it right there in my living room, and people could That's come and fine. see it on That's tour? Fine. I'm saying. Well, you know that's how the Salvador Dali Museum here in St. Petersburg was a private collection 
of the Morrises of uh, a family out of Ohio that had collected and become friends with uh, Salvador Dali and his wife and uh, Eleanor and Wren uh, Morris uh, collected I think 90 some paintings of Dali along with other surrealists and they established a museum in um, Ohio that eventually when they were talking about taxes um, there was an article that they were trying to give the collection away but they were trying to give it away intact they wanted them to stay together so major museums like the Metropolitan in New York City did not want it so there ended up an article in the New York Times about about the Morrises trying to give away their collection and an attorney here in St. Petersburg saw that article uh, and got a group of local community leaders here in St. Petersburg and approached the Morris and brought the collection here to St. Petersburg uh, back in uh, the 80s. I think it was is when it happened. And now, you know, they've recently moved into their new uh, architecturally significant museum that they have on the waterfront here. And I think Ren and Eleanor both are gone now. I think they'll be very pleased with what has happened with their collection. And, um, and I think Dali would actually be. I think actually Dali and I think Dali would love to have all the attention that he gets. He was, you know, such an attention whore oh, you know that he would love that. You know that he would. Sunny surprised me. Uh, I think three years ago now uh, for my birthday, and she did because she knows that I love Salvador uh, Dali, and she took me to the museum. I was so shocked. But it is fabulous. If you haven't had a chance to go, I mean, they're not plugging us, but we're plugging them because it really is a place that you need to to go to at least once in your lifetime. Um, mm-hmm. I would love for your new uh, Sterling um, adventures to take us to his hometown, Sterling. Put that on the travel list. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I'd like to go to Barcelona, Barcelona and um, to Figueres. His home is in Figueres, uh, Spain. Yes, yes we will. That will be on the list. You already knew that that would be. That would be. That's, that's probably you know, my first destination that I'm working on is in Colombia, and then the, the the next will Alicia, Alicia and I will set up a European tour. Very quickly after that, and you'll probably hit the nail right on the head as to where we will probably go. That's probably you. You took you took our thunder. <laughs> I know, right? I, I wanted to say that right now, Andre McGreet. It's the first time at the museum. You mentioned the museum. I want to mention that at the museum right now is an exhibit in May of Andre McGreet. And Dali. And from what I understand, it's the first time they've been put together in an exhibition, and it's supposed to uh, it's supposed to be really awesome. I mean, I haven't I haven't gone yet. I intend to go before I um, leave for Colombia next month, but um, because I'm not sure I have enough time when I get back in May. But but Andre McGree and Dali is at the Dali Museum right now. 
We love St. Pete and we love the, we the love things that go on here in St. Pete and in Atlanta. You know, one of the things that I want to do is come the other direction to you girls and do a museum tour in Atlanta. Oh, that'll be oh so my cool. God, the High Museum, the High Museum there is one of my favorites. It will remind you of the one here. It is absolutely incredible. But Atlanta really does have some amazing local artists as well as, you know, some well-known um, artwork and, and pieces and, and tours through the High Museum. There's other museums there as well, but when I tell you, that that high museum can get it all day. They even have jazz nights on Fridays, on select Fridays. They used to have it all the time, but I think now it's it's um, selective this um, dates where you on Friday nights um, throughout the year you can go and hear jazz and you can see the exhibits. It's just amazing. It really, really is nice. So that would be fantastic, um, and we can put it on the show. Hello. Oh, now, I want to switch gears just really quickly. Well, it's kind of a switch, but not a switch. Um, as you were talking, I was reminded of this French movie that I watched called Lady J. And it's a trip. I'm not going to talk about the movie itself. But watching um, this time era piece made me realize how many things that we no longer do. Remember back in the long-ago days, you took art, and you learned how to paint, you learned how to draw, and it was just a part of culture. You read books, you spent time reading poems to each other, and, and just, you you know, it wasn't the norm. I mean, it wasn't, it was not the norm for you not to be a reader, a writer, a painter, something artistic. But it also was a time when people taught each other things, like your parents, your mom, your governess, or whomever taught you to do things. And so it just kind of made me think about overall the things that I'm missing with our young people. So so few people and I were talking several weeks ago, and we were saying how the kids of today know nothing, unfortunately. I won't say that. That's kind of negative, but they don't know a lot. And so we were talking about how important it is for them to bring back home economics. Right. I mean, kids don't know how to wash clothes. They don't know how to cook. They don't know how to sew on a button, iron clothes. They don't know how to make a bed properly. <laughs> Excuse me. Even if they know how to make one, if they do. Um, but definitely it just got me to think of, wow, it's so much that we were mandated to learn in my era. I'm 51, as I've told you. I'll be 52 this year. And we had automatic things that we had to take when we were in school for the betterment of our lives. And for me, art was one of them. I was required to take an elective. And my elective was art and French, although they kicked me mm-hmm. out of the French class because they didn't have enough students for the Latin class, but that's a whole other thing. So I took Latin. So a girl who's kind of smart over here, I'm just saying. But, you know, but that, art is the main thing that gets attacked, you know, trying to be ripped out of school curriculums. And it's so important exactly. that it stays. It's always one of the art first things music. to go. Yes. 
And it's so it's so well, it's, it's interesting that, you know, immediately one of the things that uh, the current administration wanted to do was get rid of the endowment of the arts. And it's kind of funny that it costs more to take care of him and the, his family and carry their asses around on um, the, the plane than it costs for us to end up fund the endowment of the arts. And it's so sad. It's so sad. If he stops going to Malargo, um, we can have more classes for our children to learn and to be creative and to put some of their attention that may be a little bit more negative or out of control. Hello. Amen. Amen. I'm just saying, Sunday and I were talking on the Malargo conversation. We were talking about how we had heard um an interview on NPR, I think this may have been a year ago, right after the person got into office is in office right now that we will not mention his name. Um, but when he got into office, because he went to Malargo so many times, like when he first got into office, that they had to map out certain areas where people could not come that close to him, and it was cutting people off from doing their regular business. Like this one man said, hey, I maybe have another six months to a year of him coming back and forth like this, and I'll have to shut down my business. I think this guy had been in business for like eight years, and because he was coming back and forth so much that he could not do his helicopter tour business because he was not allowed to go into a certain area and so many feet wow. yards away. Absolutely insane. So instead of you doing what you need to do for our nation, you're at your place giving using our taxpayers money or you're using your nonprofit money to fund your local businesses and now you're cutting other people's businesses out. Oh my God. Well, from what I know is that it's it's they they he's traveled and taken more time off than a, than a lot of the presidents. I mean, I don't want to say that it's all of them because I don't I don't want to be a, I don't want to be like him and just misquote. But I'm I'm sure that he's taking a lot of weekends a lot of weekends off and and going golfing and going down to uh, South Florida. And, and I know that. From what I understand, we have to take care of all of them. We have to have secret service around all of his children. Yeah, it's insane. And not only his children, but then now we're doing the husbands and all of the. And, and don't get me wrong, when you're in that position, you have to protect those that are around you. I'm not saying they should not be protected, but because they have misused that privilege so bad. It's insane how much money it's costing us to protect people, one, who you have your own money to do what you're using government money, our taxpayers' money to do. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. I'm like, can I get, can I get a refund on what you're using of my money? I mean, as much well, as I buy. Well, and it's taking it away from other programs. That's it. If you're going to shut down, if you're going to shut down, programs, I think, in the slap us in the face 
with the fact of how bad you're abusing certain privileges, and I just, right. I, just I just feel that we are seeing a lot of money spent that, like you said, and then you shut something down as in the arts. Like, I mean, the point that Sonny was making was that the arts always lose their funding, and this is, I just know that the family is spending as much money on security. Right. It's not more. Exactly. I'll say it's I'm more than, than, than ever is spent on the, uh, the foundation of the endowment for the arts. Because they, I, I, I always felt that that was very low funded anyway. That, uh, and then they cut it out altogether. I'm not sure that it did get cut out, but I know they were threatening. Exactly. It's so sad. Exactly. There's so much well, room and there's so much ability. Well, we just have to get together for 2020 and hope that, um, you know, that the people that are, you know, going to run uh, can put together a good platform that people can stand on. Because I know I was looking at it and I didn't get to read it. I just saw it briefly go across uh, the screen. I was at a friend's house and saw TV is that they're saying that the Democrats are going to be afraid to vote for a woman because they got burnt so badly in this last election that they may be afraid because to vote of Hillary for Clinton? You're talking about because of Hillary Clinton? Well, because More of so because the, of the Russian thing. Well, it's a combination of all of it. That they feel that they got burnt and everything that it may be like for, it may be hard for them to to come behind a, uh, a a woman that they'll be fearful of that. Um, so it will be it will be interesting. I think the strongest the strongest candidates right now that I see in the Democratic um, field of candidates are almost the women. Are the women? I shouldn't say almost. They are the women. I I feel that the strongest candidates are the women. Uh, I do want. I did want to mention. Did you guys see Biden might take Stacey Abrams from uh, Georgia and announce early her as his running mate? Did you guys we see that in the news? That. We did see that. And let me tell you my thought process on that. I love Stacey Abrams. Matter of fact, our producer Sunny saw her in the airport uh, maybe two weeks ago. And so she does have a picture with her, and we were so proud of that because she was proud of her as a person. And we also covered her, part of her campaign in Georgia for governor. I know Sonny went and uncovered them. So we have some live feed on her thought process and just her campaign in general. But here's my take. I would prefer her to run for a House of Representatives in Georgia and or a Senate seat versus her running for president. That's just my not not that I doubt her ability. I just think it's some it's some additional work that she should do of Georgia. Georgia's in a mess, and I think if she runs straight to the presidency, there is going to be a lack of representation of her caliber. Not not lack of representation, just of the caliber of person she is. I personally would like to see her work for the state of Georgia and get some things totally changed there. And then in another four years or another six years, 
be in the presidency. That's just me. right. That's that's. You don't think that she's a good because of his age. One of the reasons they're saying she's such a good fit is not only not only the race card uh, and the female card, but it's her age. That with Joe Biden, we're going to need a younger uh, candidate to run with him, and that she kind of fits all the she kind of fits all those bills. The race bill, you know, the race card. The uh, female card, and then the age, and and then you know that's why she was able to give the rebuttal to the uh, you know the state of the union. That's why they chose her. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Her age. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think she would be an excellent president, an excellent vice, excellent. Um, president, if should something happen to Joe Biden, if he were to win, I just think for this moment, I honestly believe that she is needed more in Georgia. Look at what happened. I mean, at this point, you know she never conceded, number one. And then they now have the lawsuit and investigation going uh, behind Brian Kemp because of her skill and her expertise. She didn't win uh, the governor's position, but what she did win was the opportunity for Georgia to be exposed and for Brian Kemp to be investigated. So what I'm saying is, for me personally, I think she would be far better suited in a position to continue to help her home state and then run for our president. Now, mind you, if she is on the ticket with Joe Biden, if they decide to run together, I think it will be phenomenal. I would definitely uh, stand back and hear, you know, as as they say in the in the lawyer field, closing argument. But I do feel like um, there are some really other great candidate candidates in position, and so it's going to be a challenge. Honestly, it's going to be a real challenge to see how this plays out. But I, I think America is ready and not ready for women as in, in the presidency. What I mean is I think we have a really great shot at being um, represented by a woman simply because the climate of what is happening in America has shifted. We are sick of the bull that has gone on for so long in the White House. It's a job that can't be run more efficiently. And I just think we have way more attention to detail as women. And I think right now that we're we're almost like the big mama saying, okay, enough. Enough child. Enough American child. Get yourself together. Pull up your boot strings. Put your belt on tighter. Straighten your shirt. And let's do right. And let's be right. So, well, I just think that she, I I mean, and that's what I wanted to ask you because your perspective is going to be different than mine from a different state because she, it would be like, um, in a sense, Charlie Charlie Chris running. I think Charlie is serving us better because he is in the House of Representatives and, uh, and, and, um, you know, there was talk of Charlie running again for governor. There was talk again for of him running for you know vice president. And I think that Charlie made the, definitely made the right decision. Um, and you know now he's serving in Congress. I think that was right. I I get what you're saying. 
I, I and I would I mean I would probably support them only because I'm a fan of both uh, and yes. putting the two together. Yes. But I'm wondering also, you know, anybody that's ever announced a um, early uh, candidate and and an early ticket putting themselves together. A lot of times, like with Ted Cruz, when he did that, he was really already out of the running for running for president. So it was a desperation. Mm. Again, when Ronald Reagan, I think, did it at one time, it was desperation for him to do it. So mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. Joe Biden going to fall into that category that brings the two of them to do it now? It's going to throw them completely out of the running instead of actually mm. beat up the ticket. Than uh, helping. Well, you know what? My, and my it could be a negative more than it would be a help to do it early. Right. I, you know what? And I like Joe Biden. Honestly, I do. I like, um, definitely, of course, I like Stacey Abrams. But I just, that's not where my heart is for our presidency. It, again, if they run, I will, I will stand back and watch and hear um, where they want to go. But in all honesty, I'm pushing toward uh, Camilla Harris, honestly. Right okay. now, that's okay. where I, that's where I am right now. I'm gonna end up, but right now, I'm yeah, I feel like she's probably hmm. one of the most fully equipped. I think. So yeah, too. I'm just like, hmm. I'm kind of. And on the other note, well, I'm I also. I think that's who they were talking about that she might not get the support because of the kickback about a woman running. Is that they're they're really nervous about having and I and I just I just saw that go across the screen and it's the second time I've seen something about Democrats running a woman again is that you know and 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 we already know how the uh, the orange hair dryer and the noise box will attack with no respect to uh, females and it, it will surprise me when the the Republican women get behind them and vote it always. That that whole amazed me that there was gay Republicans and there was female Republicans that supported uh, Trump in the last time. Sorry, is that that, that supported him the last time? Right. It just right. amazes me how you can support somebody that's so blatant. Um, that could be amazing. I mean, I keep praying. I keep praying that somebody would get wise and um, and either impeach him or or go after it. If they go after his children. I think he would resign to protect his children. I don't think he cares one iota about his children. Now, this is where we differ. That narcissistic man could care less. (laughs) They are pawns into his game. He could care less. He cares simply about himself. So, uh, you know, he his to me the way we see him under all of the. coverages that that are out there when something happens to me he just looks like okay well I'll pay this I'll fix it just handle that handle that with my kids handle that with my wife handle that with whatever it's he's to fix it um money can buy anything and I can get away with anything kind of person so I really don't think he has a real care about them at all what I think is if he continues to be himself, when they really go into his money, I think that's what will bring him down. The fact that you got to show your taxes because that's coming up now. You can't even be on the ticket. If yeah, he don't want to be exposed. They're they going to reveal that he's broken, he's a con artist. Yeah, 
I mean, uh, well, they've already revealed it. It's just a matter of making a like Stellar said, they've revealed that so many times just in his business. It's stop the madness. I mean, now that they've shown, I think, what, what is it, 1.3, 1.7, how much ever millions of dollars in his donations and campaign is now being put into his private business? Come on. I mean, it's there. It's there for all of us well, to pay attention and to. And they've also proven that, remember, that the donations went, that um, had gone through with a lawyer came from one of the funds that was taken. It was indirectly given, you know, given away. But it, they have traced it back to one of the, like, um, one of the um, fundraising. What are those things called that they do? What Oh, the groups. That he said he would never take money from, and then he took money from it anyway. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just, oh, my God. And then, and then on top of that, the lawyer took the money to pay himself off out of that. Right, right. Well, let me let me give you news. You know, we were in Puerto Rico uh, last week, and we were also oh, hopped yeah. over to St. Thomas, because what we have been doing is getting information from countries and from states that were hit by the hurricanes and how they have had to rebuild basically by themselves because they're, they're not getting either enough federal funding or they're not getting federal funding at all from this administration, which is just still so appalling. And so we, you know, of course we interviewed some people and we, you know, we want to do a more in-detail in, in show and have some of those people call in. So we're still scheduling that. Um, so that we can bring that to the listeners. But just to share just a little bit of it, you know, we had uh, one one young lady from the airport, we were talking about it, and she was saying how when he came over to Puerto Rico, and she said, do you remember what he did? And, of course, it's so it's unforgettable. When he took the paper towels and he was throwing them at the people, and she said so many people wanted to take the paper towels and throw back at them. But, of course, they couldn't because, of course, they would get locked up. But how degrading they felt. They're already in a position where they've lost family members. They've lost their homes. Um, they're searching for scraps and pieces of their lives and what they can salvage. And here you have the sitting president that somebody voted in because he will never be my president. But nevertheless, that people voted in office throwing paper towels at people who have lost it all. You know, and, and they said how much they detested him and his character and the person that he is. But to see this state, and I still call it their own country, like I said before, when you speak another language and, and America owns you, that's it. It's just um, paperwork of ownership it has nothing to do with anything else but when you see the resilience of these people it is absolutely amazing to see people pull together band together and still have dignity and rebuild on their own on their own and not getting help from the federal government and it's sad because you see all of the money that we have for so many things being spent personally or being spent on, you know, a, 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 what do you call it? A fundraiser and millions of dollars that could go into one of our own states and completely help the state rebuild. Un, 
unbelievable. It is so unbelievable. But then we went over to St. Thomas, and Sweetness Francis took us around for a couple of hours just showing us the beauty and the devastation from the hurricanes there. And when I tell you, you would, we saw churches. We actually have some pictures of churches. The entire front of the church gone. Yeah, that was mind-blowing. You could see the pews. You could see all of this stuff. But you, they had no door. They had no front-facing. They had some of them still had the stained glass windows on the side, but the whole front of the church is gone. Whole apartment buildings. She would point to the apartment buildings up in the hills, and she said, "You see this? You see?" And we were like, "Oh yeah, it's it's damaged." And she said, "Well, you see, some of them have um, you can see right through, and some of them have like a wall or a door." And we were like, "Yeah." She said, "Well, that's where the wind came and literally blew families." completely out of the house from one side to the other you could see straight through and people were just you know their lives were lost and when you see stuff like this and you hear miss francis say um, i lost um, the water came up under her house and basically because of the pressure in the water made almost like a volcano and blew her house from the ground up she had to leave her house for a year she found another empty building that still had a kitchen intact and two rooms. The rest of the houses were damaged. Finding these are where people have lost, you know, their lives. And and so here's this empty building. And so they've had to take up residence in these type of places and survive. Do you understand surviving? Not not hey, yeah, I'm going to, you know, going shopping to do whatever, all of the extravagant things that are going on in other parts of the world. But when you see this and know that that's part of the U.S., the U.S. now, U.S. Virgin Islands, and once again, we have administration that does not care about its people. And then, like we said last week's show, how can we dare talk about Venezuela, talk about Africa, talk about anywhere else that, quote-unquote, we feel is being run by dictatorship or being run um, in a way that we find inhumane, how can we even begin to open our mouths to say that when here we are as a country, as leaders of our country, denying the right of help to people that are part of our country? It, it's, man, it's too much. I think we need a break. Cause I'm this article that was just released <laughs> that the U.S. is the unhappiest it's ever been. It's the World Happiness Report. Um, Finland, Finland is the, the happiest country on earth for the second year in the world. The U.S. dropped uh, 19. Wait, I can't, I can't ranking. hear you. I can't understand. I can't understand you. What What did you say now? Say it one more time. I Take said 2019 World Happiness Report. A world that happiness. Will be uh, happiest country on earth. The United States dropped down to the 19th position. Last year was the 18th. Oh, wow. so yeah, and like the top five are Nordic countries. What was know. the most popular? What's the, What's the happiest country in the world? Finland. 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 Okay. Where's wow. I mean, do, you have, do you have the list in front of you, Sonny? Wait, see where see where Colombians, uh, Colombia is because I'm I'm curious because they're so happy when you arrive there. They're happy. So let me tell you, Sweden number one, Denmark number two, Norway was three, Iceland was four, Netherlands uh-huh. was six, 
Wow, they're all New Zealand is eight. Canada is wow. nine. Now, Austria is ten. Australia is eleven. Costa Rica is number twelve. Okay. Luxembourg is fourteen. The UK is fifteen. Ireland is sixteen. Germany has the seventeen position. Belgium is um. eighteen. The US is nineteen and Czech is the twentieth. So let me see, is Colombia on this list at all? You that's higher than Colombia, I'm surprised. About happy. Yeah, I'm looking. Because they seem very happy there. Well, I'm just, I'm just surprised. I'm surprised it's not in the top. Well, what are you watching, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But you know what? That but that just goes to show you that while we're walking around on our high horses, and Americans really are pompous to me. I've traveled a lot um, to. Islands to countries to small towns to big towns, and I find that we are some of the most pompous people, and feel like one we're entitled. And 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 mind you, we're not. When you're in somebody else's country, you honor the country, you honor the the culture, and you honor the tradition. And we go into every single place feeling like one that we're better than them, that we know more than them, um, that we have more. And so, therefore, you need to, you know, adapt to the way that we do things. And so then when you come to America, and a lot of people, don't get me wrong, I don't talk about our country to the degree that I hate living here, I hate us, I hate, uh, it's not that at all. But once you travel, once you become a world traveler, then you realize that there are some things in our country that we need to fix. And one of them is the pompousness that Absolutely. we have. Um, and, and it's sad. And then the other thing is that in America, we need to learn how to work to live and not live to work. We live to work in this country. Exactly. Exactly. You know, more, 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 bigger, 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 better, better. You know, you're not okay with the three-bedroom, one-bath. You have to have the five-bedroom, four-bath. And then you only clean one toilet. So the rest of your house is dirty. <laughs> you, guys, you guys are visiting me in my home right now. And I was telling you that I'm I'm very happy with my little two-one that I've just, you know, gotten into. And you guys know that, um, that part of the reason I downsized was so I could travel more. And I, and I want to, you know, right. I, I also say that I'm with you, Jazzy, about when we say that we're surprised about things going on in our country and we're, I would say that it's not that we dislike the U.S. at all. I am so happy to be an American and I love my country and don't, when we talk about it, we are talking about the issues. We're not saying that we hate our country or anything. We're concerned. We're talking about, I feel that that's how we, when we're talking about these issues, I feel that Jazzy, Sunny, and I are concerned about what's going on with our country. It's not that we dislike our country or hate our country. We dislike, we dislike right. some exactly. of the things going on. So we, just, we dislike some of the things going on and what's happening culturally 
and and we but we also are open to anybody calling us helping us and giving us solutions that's what we're here we want to know why not right I mean, I'm open to whatever can make us be number one with Finland. We need to find out why Finland is the happiest. You can't tell me it's the weather. I can't imagine no, that it's only the weather. I that, cannot. That that cold, yeah. that it's cold. Maybe it's because they stay in, maybe they're, because they're in, you're indoors <laughs> all the time. And we're not going there. I mean, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Maybe they're happy in I'm only going to Finland in the summer. I'm not going to Finland in the, in the cold. Forget about it. Just forget about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm, that's I'm, what keeps me out of Canada. Well, that's the whole reason. You know, the funny thing is, everybody says, "Why are you going to Colombia?" And I looked at Canada. I looked at places in Europe. It was the weather. Um, part of the, the, the attraction. Uh, in initially, now that I've gone and visited the country, Certainly. I love. I love it culturally. The people are. Are nice. There's there's the house. There's more. But the, the initial part was that oh, this is a this is a nice country with this very similar um, weather. And it's beautiful. I hot weather, or or you know, um, springtime weather, which is yeah, I'm very gonna have my Canada experience in the spring. I'm I'm used to this heat wolf. I will say that leaving Ohio, which is where my child, Ohio and New York, where where my childhood was spent, uh, and then here, then my family came here. Um, I'm spoiled now. I like Florida's weather and being able to be outside all the time. Last year, I barely missed being in the swimming pool and in the hot tub. I I would say 300 days out. I would. I might even say 320 out of 365 days, I'm in the swimming pool every day. What did I tell you girls? Bring your swimsuit. Okay. I got mine. How about there's this article um, CNN published and said travel um, makes us happy in different studies that have been done. And, you know, what most people will say is that yeah, you have to have all this money to be able to do things and it's really not the case you know sometimes think i think most people are persuaded about going and doing anything because they think they got to have a ton of finances to do it um you just got to kind of be open and creative and i think that when we get done setting up um when alicia and i get everything with adventures by sterling and um, the travel agency that Alicia and I are establishing, we hope to keep the uh, the trips at a very affordable rate. Um, and I'm saying, you know, eight to ten day trips that are very affordable for anybody. Somebody in my what I would say in our in a an, an average individual blue collar job could go on. You know, a, a, a world trip, which is what, you know, that's what the cruise lines try, you know, are doing. They're doing. I don't want to say they were trying to do. They continue to try to keep uh, the cruise price to where everybody can fill those big boats. That's why the boats get bigger and bigger and bigger, because more and more 
people are being able to afford to go on a cruise and they've standardized this to make it something that only the rich when we watched the Titanic, only the rich were up in the up in the upper deck. I mean, the very right. wealthy. I mean, that was the Vanderbilt. If you look at who was on that boat, the Rockefeller, those were the very wealthy individuals that traveled back and forth between Europe and, uh, and America on the cruise boat. Today, everybody does it. I mean, really, That's truly, right. everybody That's right. can do on a cruise And they, I mean, when you're talking a $500, you know, four-day cruise or a five-day cruise, to be able to get away from your your life for four or five days for $100. Worth it. Get a refresh. And get a refresh, yeah. I mean, you know, that's great. I mean, you know, and that's what we're talking about. It's not something, and we're, and that's talking about a cruise. That's not jumping in your car, taking 50 bucks. And going out and camping. That we're talking about going on cruise. But you can do that same refresh by jumping in your car, maybe taking fifty dollars uh, max, that may be a lot, and then mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's right. But you see, Shirley, it was like before we came on show, we were talking about how a lot of people don't do when you see somebody that's wealthy. Okay, that's rich. Well, let me take it back. When you see somebody that's rich, because rich and wealthy are two different things. Let me say rich. When you see somebody rich and you're sitting back fiending over their life, man, how did they do that? I wish I could do that. I wish I could go there. I wish I could have that. The thing that you have to do is study them and find out how they did that. And then be able to mimic that and do it, you know, according to the things that you want and, and how you want to do it. But you have so many people who want to spend lavishly that they don't realize that rich people save by going to the thrift store. They eat minimal. They drive a regular car. <laughs> you know, they do regular things. And so then when you see them traveling big, it's because instead of buying a $5,000 designer bag, they went to a consignment store or to the thrift store, and they bought the, the $5,000 bag for $250. So let's do the math. I have $5,000. I want to dress well. I want to travel. And I want to uh, stay on the beachfront property. So for, okay, so here's what I'm going to do with five thousand. I'm going to the GWSB. For those of you that don't know, that's Goodwill Salvation Army. Just saying. Um, in Georgia, I go to the LF, the LNF, which is the Lost and Found for LGBT Homeless Youth. They have a thrift store. So, and then I have a consignment store of which I'm telling no one because I shop there by myself. I don't want you to go to that. Sorry. Um, but anyway, so I'm going to. Find me a complete outfit. Just saying. I'm going to find me a complete outfit for about $5 on a real good half-off day to about $100 if I go to the consignment and I really want to get jiggy with it. Okay? I'm going to buy me some Tiffany jewelry at my consignment store for a real fraction of the cost that I would get at Tiffany. And I'm going to get a designer bag and some designer shades, and a hat. Now, when I do all of that, 
maybe I came out with about $600. Maybe. When I say maybe, I do mean maybe. Okay? But I'm going to do, let me do 500 Let me knock off 50 So 500 out of my 5000 That means I have $4,500. Then I'm going to get me a cheap ticket somewhere. Okay? Because that's how I do. I'm going to find an Airbnb or I'm going to find a really good deal on a hotel. And I'm going to go stay on the beach. Then I'm going to make friends with the local people and I'm going to eat at their house because that's how I do. Or I'm going to buy me a grill and I'm going out on the beach and I'm going shopping for some salmon or some chicken and vegetables. And I'm going to grill out on the beach or eat at my my new friends that I met somewhere because they love to feed you when you go in other countries. And then I'm going to go salsa dancing or I'm going to reggae dance or I'm going to do something. You know what I'm saying? Guess how much money I've spent? Maybe 3000 Maybe. Just maybe. So and That's leaving the country and, and all. You can leave the country, country and all and do that. And I'm out of the country. I Listen, when we were in Puerto Rico, y'all, we were taking the bus for 75 cents. Yeah, that was wild. The gas was like 78 cents. When when you travel, you're surprised at what, like, you know, like getting a taxi can be two bucks. Um. Yes. Yeah, we Ubered. Everything was like five to seven dollars. Was a five to seven dollars. One one long destination was like thirty bucks. And mind you, that's if we wanted to do that, because we still could have taken the bus, but it just, we just cut out some time because then the bus was going to be like two or three hours if we had to go very far. But mind you guys, the reason why Americans are so miserable is because every day they're going to work just so that they can, they're, they're living Pay every bills, day, get yeah. up every day just to pay a bill on something that cost them $5,000. Now they're looking at the $5,000 thing, and they go nowhere. It's what crazy. Did talk, what did I talk to you in the room, without mentioning names? Remember, I told you a mutual friend of ours. I do not need a $50,000 I mean, automobile to make myself feel somebody something. I don't even know what it would make me feel because I've never had one. Right. Um, right. But and and the fact that you had a seven or eight hundred dollar a month, you know, nut to crack to pay for that, it is for seven or eight hundred dollars, I can tell you right now, right now. Okay. I'm about to return on my trip to to handle business. Remember I'm establishing Contacts down mm-hmm. and I will spend two fifty for the plane ticket. Now I'm Airbnb for a um, a week. I mean, actually, almost ten days. And I know that Alicia and I have looked at forty dollars, under fifty dollars for the Airbnb, and that's because we're trying to get a two bedroom, two bath apartment for that, and the suite. Because we're taking part of our crew there. There's there's five of us going. Mm-hmm. So for five of us to stay there, we're going to spend. T- um, I already got the. I've already got the room. And let me bring it up. I'll tell you what our bill is. It is two hundred and eighty-two dollars. See, 
See what I'm saying? That's and awesome. that is a, That's great. Okay, that is, that is for four guests because at, at no time is there going to be more than four of us at the two-bedroom. So we have a two-bedroom within a spectacular location, the best location in the city, and we're going to be there for basically seven days. That's what I have it booked for. Because uh, when we're going out of the city for one day, uh, and it's two hundred eighty-two dollars. But that seven dollars is in the floor. See what I'm saying? This all doable. This is this all that doable. I'm talking about. But okay, but let me make this statement. Now, I'm, I'm on an international. Statement. Remember, I'm on an international trip. Well, exactly. Okay, exactly. and, if, and I'm telling you, I'll show you, girl, the apartment. It's clean. It's got a spectacular, when I'm saying spectacular view of the city. And we're paying under $300. That is just, like the the place that we stayed at, John's place in Puerto Rico. John, he'll be on our show uh, to talk about the things in Puerto Rico and the rebuild. But John is an interior decorator, uh, interior designer by trade. When I tell you the apartment that we have for Airbnb was absolutely freaking crazy amazing. Um, are you queuing us, producer, for uh, a break? Are you queuing us? Just saying. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so you want so you just want me to stop talking like right in the middle. You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. (laughs) You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. Ladies, are you looking for the next best find? Don Shay Shootique will bring out your inner glam. The lady herself, Miss Don Shay is dedicated to providing you with the latest in Hotlanta fashion footwear. It'll make you stand out at every event. In addition to our amazing prices, we are the go-to source for high fashion footwear. So stop by and shop online. We're sure to have the right shoes for you. www.donshay-shoes.com That's www.don S H E hyphen S H O E S dot com. Don Shays is the only place you can go to still be sane and have a suicide. Recent auto accident, back pain, neck pain, stress, headaches, you and chiropractic can help. Here at Ewing Chiropractic, our office utilizes an approach of pain relief measures for the treatment of auto accidents, slip and fall, sport, and on-the-job injuries, as well as acute and chronic pain. We can be reached at 678-586-3592 and located at 5459 North Henry Boulevard, T.C. in Stockbridge, Georgia. Healing the injured one spine at a time, we can be reached at ewingchiropractic.com. You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network.
On a tight budget, find local savings on loudmouth.com. Find great coupon deals in your area of local restaurants, hair salons, auto, home improvement, contractors, and more. Rate and review your favorite businesses or click and connect them on your favorite social network pages with a friend. Loudmouth.com, the voice for local search, local business, and local savings. Register your small business online today with loudmouth.com, the small business choice for affordable internet and local advertising with plans as low as $65 a month. Create your business mini website profile promoting your products and services. Join the Loudmouth Network and get top placement on loudmouth.com today. You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. Insurance Associates Atlanta, formerly Mathis Insurance Services, is an independent agency offering personal, commercial life, and health insurance products to meet the needs of your business and your family. We specialize in helping you protect all of your assets, whether you're purchasing insurance for the first time or searching for better products at a better price. Feel free to contact us at 770-483-0310. We're conveniently located at 1030 Remington Drive in Conyers, Georgia. Visit us online at insurance-iaa.com. All right, we're back live. I hope everybody's having a great Friday. We have been having some intensive conversation about travel. So I just talking about and having a good time. time. Here's another thing. We haven't had anybody call in. Yeah, we're, we're, we can be bought 
for turkey. This week and we could be bought for a beer and a turkey leg. I'm just saying. I'm just, you know, it's it's just a nice way to appreciate your host um, by giving us a that's so sad. We're begging for turkey legs. No, we have tickets for you for free. We, as Sterling said, we would love to have you out, take pictures with us, so we can post those on our uh, social media sites and on our page. Because you know what, it's wonderful when we can be a part of the community. We we do travel a lot and. It's so funny that every now and then somebody will say, hey, I know you guys. I follow you on social media. I've seen you um, out covering events, and I heard you on the radio. That is the best reward of what we do because, we, you know, we sometimes we just talk about stuff that really kind of has no merit to a lot of people. But then some things we do talk about <laughs> that people will come back and say, man, I heard you on the show. That was a great show, and it gave me something to think about or something to to change my life accordingly and be a global servant or, you know, a part of the community or whatever. So it's really great when we can have the community be a part of things that we support in our neighborhoods and in our communities. And the Renaissance Festival really is just that fun space to let down our hair and not live to work in the U.S., but actually work and live and enjoy it's like our show that we've had with the uh, the young the young people that uh, traveled across the country, the young trans. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. show, I've heard I've heard numerous comments from uh, my friends and listeners in the Bay Area here um, about that is not being aware that something like that is going on, and then the comparison, the conversation that happens about what we were, were you brought up that it's like the Underground Railroad. And I do, I mean, I was going to mention to you, uh, you t- as I think we should do a follow-up show on that to see how they're doing soon. Not right away, but give them a little bit of time yeah. to get in. And then let's check in because I, I, I myself am curious. How are they doing? Especially when you heard this week is that we are at capacity in the uh, the camp and that they've decided now they're going to let, without any reason, they're just going to start letting uh, the refugees go. These people that come across the border, they first they, you know, first they heard them all together like this. Now because we have two minutes in the camp, they're going to just indiscriminately start letting them go. So what, wow. was the what was the purpose, what was the purpose of holding them? Exactly, exactly. So that we could have pedophiles to rape our children. That's what the purpose was, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. But, I mean, but that's but, what you know, and, and the the fact that Jesus the, no, the fact that the president, the president could hold the country hostage for this Billy Wall. Oh, did you see? And I don't know. Now this may be fake news. Now this, this, I, because it's so ridiculous. Is what's the one? He's really cute. Um, the the guy that's on TV, the young guy that does. Uh, oh, he had it where they were sealing the wall, the, the barbed wall. Oh yes, I was the going Mexican, to say something about you that. See that. They're using it for home security. Yes. They said and Mexicans, Mexicans are doing it. the barbed wire from our wall 
to put around their homes in the neighborhood. And so uh, Donald Trump is paying for home security in, in, in Mexico. That's what he gets. That's what he gets. That's what he gets. What's that guy show? It's called Useful Recycling. You talking about Trevor Noah? Yeah. Yeah. Because they were stealing the barboir and, and putting it around their houses to protect. Can you believe that, Sonny? It ain't fake news. Huff Post posted it. It's big. Okay. <laughs> you go right on Facebook. It's really real. Okay. Well, I mean, I mean, oh my God! Today, that is so perfect. We have to clarify. I mean, the, the the fact that we have to clarify, and especially with the internet, I understand that there there's so much posted on the internet that is just opinion and can be considered. You got a fact check. You got a fact check. Oh, we do we fact check. That's why we wanted to say. But I thought that's the best. Is that uh, that is home the best? Possible. Let me tell you, I think they should take it all. It's crazy because, you know what, when you when you put up barriers, this is what people have to realize. When you put up barriers, when you call people thieves, and when you call people murderers and, and, and drug dealers only, mind you, listen to me carefully, audience, I'm not saying that there are not some Mexicans that do those things, just like it's some Americans that do those things. Let's be clear. But when you make that the priority of who people are in any country, then what you are saying to them is you're worthless. And when people hear that, something in the psyche revolts against being called a demeaning thing. And so, oh, this is the attitude. Let me let me give it to you. Let me go into character. Oh, you think that's how I am? Okay, well, then let me be that. Let me be the thief. Matter of fact, let me let me steal the barbed wire. <laughs> oh, this is pricey. Let me pick it up and add it and add it in. Yeah, let me just go ahead and protect my house. You know, it's just one of those things like right back at your face, almost like when Bush went over to the other country. Where was he? And the, the man said, "I don't like you, so let me throw not one shoe, but two. Let yeah, let me just throw a shoe in your." Face. I'm going to go back to when we talk about the wall is that, you know, the Great Wall of China, which is something that, you know, is also on my bucket list to go see. But, you know, really it was a failure. What it was, you know, what it was, yes. what it was built for was didn't happen. When, like in 1644, when the Manchus you know, the Mongols came down marching. Uh, they marched right through the wall and they replaced the main dynasty. I mean, they basically, yes. the wall was, was totally ineffective. It didn't do any, it didn't do what it was supposed to do. After they had built the five thousand in this big wall, and again, you know, luckily because of uh, China was so vast and wealthy, is it didn't bankrupt. For us, 
to build the wall, it puts a stretch on an already stretched economy that is stretched to the limit, spending a $68 billion, I mean, or 60, yeah, $68 billion or whatever we spend on the war machine that we financed in this mm-hmm, country. Mm-hmm. That's why we're not happy. Uh, exactly. I mean, look at the Berlin Wall. Look at look at the dividing things that happen. Those walls end up coming down because they don't work. They don't work. Well, if you, look at every one of those, if you look at every one of those countries that was on the happy list, and that's what we're going to call it, we're going to start referring to the happy list, is that none of them have, I bet their military budget doesn't look anything like ours. In comparison, so I bet when you look at their health, you're care, right. When you look at their education, when you look at their social look at their care, crime. look at their crime. It's, it's low. And the crime. I, I would like for us to do that in an upcoming show. Is look at the happy list and look at their economies and compare it again to where that we is spend a great the analogy. Spend money to be the bullies. And if mm-hmm. it the world policeman, um, and then and then one is, and then everybody's talking. The, the Republicans are talking. We've got to cut social programs. We've got to cut social programs. Well, can we cut some of this military fat? Do I really have to pay for a thousand dollar toilet seat? Right. You know, Tell the truth, man. Some of the ridiculous things that we see yeah. come out as abuses in the military, and I'm all for us being strong, having a strong military. But do we really have to have this huge military machine, or is it the military machine because we want to control the world and we can't work with it? We want to be exactly. and not work what it is. That's exactly what it is, Stella. It's all about, to me, military, period, is all about control. I mean, where has it been? Wars are about control. They are about controlling oil, controlling land, controlling people. That's all the war is about. We would never have to have a war if I didn't want to go in and rule your country, take your oil, take your riches, take your resource because you didn't want to give them to me. Why would I have a war? What what would be the purpose? Well, that's what that, that's what war has been about since the, you know that. That's I mean, it. To be, you know, when the, the Persians, well, the Persians were coming into Europe for you know they wanted to conquer and they they conquered you know most of the known world. Alexander, you know, conquered mm-hmm. and every 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 great empire was about control. And, and when we it. call them great empires, we should say large empires. I'm not sure they were really great. We just, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I mean, it was a big part of that. Yes, when you have control like that, that it has spread culture. But who says that the new culture that came in was any better than the culture they replaced? Where are we? Where are we the judgment of that? Mhm, mhm. But it's all in our own mind. You know, there's a scripture that says, "In a man's eye, he's always right." To to himself, he's always right. So if I go in and take over, 
I'm the greatest now because I took over Sterling's house. I came in and I took his house. I took his land. I took his resources. So in my eye, I'm the greatest. But does that really mean? Because it's just, I'm just the ruler of I. (laughs) So to me, I'm always going to look great. My ego is going to tell me that my endeavor is greater than your endeavor. And so, therefore, all of the rest of the world and the people that you are over now suffer because of your own egotistical mind. It's sad. It's sad, but let me just say this. Let me just say that during the year of the pig, there was a painting pig out there named Picasso in honor of Sterling's favorite artist. I forgot to say this in the beginning. There's a famous pig that is making wonderful artwork. He actually paints. And because this is the year of the pig, watch watches have used his artwork on the new watches. They were sold out in hours of Swatch releasing his artwork on their watches. They were sold out within hours. So there is one war that has not won against this little baby pig he has been saved, just like Wilbur, and now he is painting for his life, and his artwork is for sale. And so if anybody wants to go and so awesome. watch, watch, painted by Picasso the pig that, that survived the slaughter war, let me know. I'm just saying. That's <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Yeah, so we'll, I, I posted this, but I'll post it again if you guys don't believe me. Picasso is actually a pig that is, was saved in his owner. I forgot her name. His owner taught him how to paint, and she said he took on so, – because pigs are extremely intelligent, you know, uh, contrary to what people believe. Pigs are extremely intelligent, and that's why you see a lot of people with pet pigs. I wouldn't have one, but I get it because they're very smart. But, yeah, she taught him to paint. And so now he's painting, and because of the Chinese, uh, what is it, Zodiac, it's the year of the pig. And so he is being honored by Swatch Watches. And so they're using his artwork, Picasso the Pig, in honor of Sterling's love for Picasso. So I wanted to end us on a really positive note. I mean, I guess you're right. We should end on because we're going to have fun tomorrow. And yes, but and when we look back, like we're going to Mars to go. A lot of times, when you hear about the Renaissance and the Middle Ages, the Middle Ages were called a lot of times the dark, the you know the Dark Ages. But now, the dark we, ages. you know, mm-hmm. when we look back at it, because the plague happened, but also during the Dark Ages, don't forget that's when Gutenberg printing press was discovered and we started to print the Bible and started right. to so um, you know we, when you get to look at everything in, in, in hindsight and, and history sometimes is that it, it, it comes into perspective we're living history right now I'm hoping that this comes out you know good for us you know uh, I right at the moment it's hard to find the, the good in this, I mean, I'm, I can't see 
the let's say I can't see the light for the darkness right now, but I'm 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 hopeful that it may make us more aware of how the internet can be manipulated so that we get more effective in our elections to be able to control it. I also I one of the things that I absolutely love is that what we're able to do the fact that I'm on a radio show with and it actually is broadcast out of Atlanta most of the time, but at the same time, it's really mobile. And that that is one of the things that we see with technology and the Internet today. I'm hoping that the positiveness of what we're going through right now is that we grow with technology. I don't think that we realize that another a foreign country could attack us the way they did and i'm sure i'm i'm as sure as that i woke up this morning that we were hacked how by with whom i'm not sure how all that happened but i know that i i know that the technology was probably used and it's been used in other countries around the world by the russians and, and who else? We probably do it. We probably do it ourselves. We know we we know we do it uh, with our armed forces controlling. So I'm hoping that what comes out of this whole age that we're in right now is maybe a rebirth of democracy. That by having the, the capacity to reach so many people with the freedom of the press and the freedom of the internet, that we keep that, and it educates us to ask us for more freedom. And, I mean, I'm hoping that for the best, I guess, is what I'm saying. I'm hoping that it brings us to a better place. Because I sure enjoy, I sure enjoy technology to be able to talk to people around the world. Yes. I love it. Yes. We, we all do. even be here. We all do. That's that. <laughs> And that was a big windbag out of me right there. But you know what I'm saying? I'm excited. I mean, I get to talk to my friends in Columbia. I talk to my friends in India. I talk to, Phil, you know, my friend Phil in, in Vietnam. I mean, all within hours I mean, of each other. And it's, you know, I mean, think about it. From Vietnam to Columbia to, uh, to you guys in Atlanta to when you were in Hawaii to my sister in Orlando. I mean, you can do that within minutes. Minutes. Things that took years. You're right. I mean, look how long it took Columbus to come to America or how long it took Marco Polo to go to China. We do it. We trans, We cross the globe in minutes or seconds by the internet. Yeah, the world is not as big as it used to be, as they say. No, it's not. A, and so I'm hoping that with the threat against our freedom of the press and the threat against our freedom that we kind of resist it and use the technology to make sure that we grasp it. Because look at the medical breakthroughs that we like you said, I mean, the fact that the globe is not small, let's share the medical breakthroughs with the world. Let's share these things, not not bully, not use our military might to be bullies, but to share our, our intelligence. I'm saying. I agree. <laughs> I totally agree. I 
And that's a positive. That's where I'm saying that's a big positive. Well, you know, at this day it. and age, we're learning to adapt and we're learning new systems and new, new aspects of things. Yeah. Well, it's, I'm trying to learn Finnish. You guys know it's I'm, when I say trying because I'm having such a hard time. Uh, and it's basically concentrating, and I'm going to start staying more in uh, Colombia because everybody says the older you are, by immersing yourself in the culture, is an easier way to learn. Uh, I want to have, I want to more languages. I want to be able to communicate more. God knows, you guys know that I love to talk. <laughs> we all do, or we would not be on this show. <laughs> that I'm full of wind. I definitely am full of wind. Well, guys, it has been an amazing show, and we are going to conclude today's fantastic Friday. And all of those who have been tuning in, make sure you share with your friends. Become a media partner. Contact us on our channels. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all those good things. You can contact us on our media line at 706-363-3895. And we'll bring you back to the studio as a media partner and have you broadcasted on air, as well as connect to us with our Tea Time Entrepreneur Series, always uh, exposing new businesses around the globe. And we're so grateful for you guys as an audience because without you, we wouldn't be able to do this. So we're going to continue to ask you to support us. And uh, we're wrapping this as a, as a wrap. And I just I just posted I just posted the picture of um, Picasso and the swatch watch. So you know, once again, if you want to buy that for me, I'm right here for you. I got you. Just saying. Okay. Bye. You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network.